Thank you for coming to the podcast. This is Top Turtle MMA Podcast on cage.press.com. I'm Dave Jacoby Freeland, joined as always by my co-host Shockwave Dave Tremonte. The UFC is back in Vegas this weekend for UFC Las Vegas. Yeah, they're, they're naming these kind of weird now. UFC Las Vegas, anyway, is going to be headlined by Piotr Jan versus Marab Devalishvili. We, of course, will be breaking down that fight as well as two other of our favorite fights on this main card. As part of Fights, Dogs, and Parlays, where we'll also give you an underdog and a parlay that we think will make your wallet fat this weekend. Plus, as always, I'm giving you guys the interviews you know and love. Kicking off the show this week is the very lovable Davey Grant, who is talking about getting to fight the week before UFC London really awkwardly, as well as how excited he is to fight Rafael Sunsau. And later on, we'll be talking to Cedricus Dumas, who is fighting in his UFC debut this weekend as well. But before we get to any of that great content, i got to let you know that this episode of the Top Turtle MMA Podcast is brought to you by the Picket app. The Picket social betting platform allows you to sync all of your bets from all your sports books in one nice, neat spot, helping you stay on top of the ways that you're most profitable. Not only that, but it's a great place to connect with other bettors, whether that be showing off your big score to some of your friends or trying to gain a following in the sports betting community. Pickett's got you covered. New veteran and experienced bettors have all joined the Pickett community, so what are you waiting for? Download the Pickett app on the Google Play Store or the App Store today and get in on the fun. Pickett brings you this episode of the Top Turtle MMA Podcast, and it starts right now. The hosts are ready. The fighters are ready. Listeners, make some noise if you are ready! for Top Turtle MMA with Shockwave and Gumby. Alright, and joining me today is Davey Grant who fights Rafael Asuncao at UFC Vegas 71. That fight is on. March 11th. So, Davey, I-, I wanted to start here. This is a short notice fight for you. Uh, you know, based on when we got the news, my guess is you got about four or five weeks to get ready for this one. W- what sort of made you jump at the opportunity to get in on a short notice one halfway across the world? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was around about four weeks. Four weeks I found out about the fight. I've been in training. Uh, I've been asking for a fight. Um, I'm ready to go. It was, it, it was a good, uh, like, well, a great name, you know. Uh, and like I just want to test myself against the best fighters in the world, so I, I couldn't really pass up this opportunity. So, so some of it was obviously that you were in camp and you were in shape and all that kind of stuff, but but a yeah. lot of it was the name value for you. You're you're really excited about what the name Rafael Sunsau will do for your resume. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's right up there. He's been he's been in with the best of them, and uh, and I feel like it's a really exciting fight for me. And uh, I just want to go and try and propel myself up, up the rankings as quick as possible. And, and yeah, that's the that's the main goal at the moment. Awesome. So now let's talk about you getting ready, too, because you said, you know, you were already in fight shape. Yeah. I, I know that you obviously train when you're at home and you're in England. But I also know that you do some training with Syndicate MMA, with John Wood, when you're in Vegas. Yeah. Were you in Vegas getting ready or were you over in England getting ready? No, I was in England. I found out about the fr- fight on the... Thursday or the Friday, I think, and flew out on the Tuesday. Wow. So so a real quick turnaround for you. You just, oh, yeah. you just got right in there and got to camp right away? Yeah, just straight, just straight over. Like I mean, like I say, I was I, I was coming in fresh. Uh, I, I was already already fight fit just to wrap about. And I'd just like to have a, have a couple of weeks in Vegas just to, just to, just to acclimate and obviously get the training in with uh, 
with all the syndicate guys because it's, it's such a good gym. John's such a good coach, and like, and as much as I love all my coaches over home and everything, I just I, I usually take myself to that next fight level once once I, once I get away. And is it you know like you said, the good coaches at home too. Is it the difference in in coaches or just the difference in like you know raw amount of sparring partners you have? You know, hundreds of guys in the UFC all in one spot. Yeah, I mean it's both. It's like it, 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 it's it. There's loads of loads more guys um, without traveling. You know, like so, and, and the PI and the and syndicates all within ten minutes of each other. And I'm, I'm stopping at my friend's house, my buddy Vince Morales. So everything's within like a, it's like a ten mile radius. I mean, I'm not even a ten mile, like a ten minute. And I've got a little bicycle over here, so I just <laughs> I just get about on my bike and uh, and get some good training. I mean, I've got some great training partners over home as well, and coaches and gyms, and it's just, I, 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 can, I can pick or choose, and it's both fantastic for me. Well, that's great to hear. Now, I, I, I got to ask you, you, you're driving all around Vegas. Do you do everything around Vegas on a bike? Yeah, just about. I mean, except for when it's a bit too far. I've got a few medicals this week, and they've been like eight, nine miles away, so I'll get an Uber for that. <laughs> okay, all right, all right, all right. So now I also got to ask too, because, you know, this fight, like I said, halfway across the world, way away from your family, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. The week after that fight, they're in England, right? So I know. I, <laughs> I know are, it's crazy, isn't it? You couldn't write it. Are you are you pissed? Did you find out late? What like what what's the no, reason why look, we're not on that card? I I tried to get on the London card. I don't know. I, I, I don't know what the reasons why I couldn't. And uh yeah, it just sort of worked out so slow that I ended up getting a fight the week before <laughs> halfway across the world. But I don't mind, I love fighting in Vegas, so as long as I'm fighting, I'm I'm not a one to pick and choose. And you said you you prefer well maybe not prefer but you you like fighting in Vegas. Is there something about Vegas particularly that that you like being in there for? I mean, I feel like it's the fight capital of the world, and it's always nice to go and prepare like with the syndicate guys, and then having so syndicate and obviously the PIs. Then I'm getting all my nutrition looked after, all my PT, all my S and C, everything. It's just real close and real comfortable, and it just make, makes makes fight camp easier. Yeah, that, that definitely makes sense. Now, I, I got to ask, too, because, you know, you, you've got a family back in London. You've got training partners. You've got buddies and all that kind of stuff. Haven't yeah. been able to see you fight. Yeah. Nobody really has because you haven't fought in front of a crowd since Fight Island, you know, what was yeah. that, three years ago at this point. Yeah. You're getting a crowd this time, right? Or at least a small one. Yeah. Are, are you excited to have at least some of your, your training partners there for it? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's just going to be nice just to have a crowd. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I don't care if these guys know me or not, but <laughs> it's just going to be nice. Yeah, it, get that feeling back. Because like you say, it's been a long time. I think the last time I fought in front of a crowd was... 2019 in Russia, so it's been a long time. And is that weird for you too? Because you you are a guy who you know it, it seems like even when you're not the hometown guy, you've got the the crowd behind you. You're you're a guy who's exciting and brings the the action, and, and people get behind that. Is it weird yeah. that it's just been kind of kind of dull where I'm here fighting? Nah, I mean it, it is what it is. I I, I really once once the cage door closes, I've got pure tunnel vision anyway. So even when I'm not in the crowd. I feel like I'm still in a massive stadium because I, that's how exactly how I feel when I'm in a stadium. I'm just 100% focused on the task at hand. So, so it's like I sort of sort of drown out all, all all the rest. It's more just the walkouts, to be honest. That makes sense. That makes sense. Now, I wanted to ask you too about your last performance before yeah. we get into this next one because you know you you were coming off of a tough loss. You, yeah. you bounced back with a, a vicious win over Louis Smolka. but I gotta ask. It's the first time in four fights you didn't win a performance bonus. Yeah. Did you feel gypped at the end of that one? 
No, I mean, obviously, I, I, I always want to go with the performance bonuses. And I thought, I thought we, we could have got it. Uh, I thought it was probably one of the most exciting fights on the card, uh, in, in all honesty. But, I mean, hey, it, it is what it is, you know. If you didn't think I'll, I'll get it, then I don't get it. I'm not too bothered. I'm, I, I, as much as the performance bonuses are nice, I, I'd much rather the win all, every day of the week. Well, and you got the win there, too. Now, I, I did want to ask you just one more question about past fights before we get on yep. to the next one. Adrian Inez, a guy who you had a split decision with. Yeah. You know, and, and this seems like we could go all the way down to your career with close decisions, too. A yeah. close split decision with Adrian Inez. The dude's fighting Rob Font coming yeah. up soon in a huge fight. What are sort of your thoughts on that matchup and, and kind of how that suits you in, in the Bantamweight division, that he being that much better than you only a bit, if even that? Is now yeah. at that level? Yes, I know. It's 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 just a shame because I feel like, I mean, I, I, on the night I definitely felt, felt like I won. When I watched it back, it was probably a little bit closer, and I still feel like I edged it just off being the aggressor. And like as much as he scored like just a few jabs, sort of thing, and I don't think I like they were scoring my teeps and low kicks and things like that. So it's it, it's a, it's a bit of a hard one to take, but I, like I've got absolutely. No animosity against anyone for it. That's just like there's no bitterness at all from me, and it's nice to know like that. Obviously, Adrian is he's really good fighter, and he's going to be hanging with the top of them. And I know he deserves to be, and and I feel like it just it's it's a bit of a feather in my cap because I know well I know I can hang with the top guys anyway. But it's it's sort of nice to prove it. Absolutely. Now, the next time you're going to prove it, obviously, is this upcoming fight with Rafael Asuncao. Like you said, yeah. he's a guy who'd been ranked. He had fought everybody. What are sort of your thoughts on where he is now in his career and how you match up with what, what his recent performances have looked like? Yeah, I mean, in, in all honesty, I mean, he's, yeah, he's he's uh, he's had a fantastic career. And he, I mean, he's still going now. He's, st he's still a dog. He's still going to be, uh, I've still got to be on my game 100%. But I feel like um, this is just it's it's more my time. Absolutely. Now I, I always like to get a prediction out of my fighters before I let them go. So March 11th, you're stepping into the cage there with a little bit of a crowd against Rafael and Sunset. Yeah. How's that one end? I mean, look, I'm, I'm gonna I'm trying to knock them out uh, with with no disrespect to anyone, but that's always gonna be my game plan. And anything, I mean, I mean, I I always, I always say is that I'm expecting a war. And anything else is just a bonus. But I'm going in there. I'm going in there to knock people out all day, every day, twice on a Sunday. I love it. Well, once again, fans, this is Davey Grant, who fights Rafael Asuncao at UFC Vegas 71. That fight once again, March 11th. Davey, thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate that. No, always a pleasure. Well, we hope you enjoyed that interview with Dangerous Davey Grant. I Once again, I'm Dan. You're going to be really enjoyed now by my co-host, Shockwave Dave Tremonte. Dave, there's so many things we could talk about this last weekend with UFC 285. I want to start here uh, because, the, like I said, there's a lot of different places. But I want to start here. Uh, John Jones absolutely goes out and demolishes Surreal Gain. I know his next fight set. He's fighting Stipe Miocic, uh, which may, maybe not the fight any of us want. But here's where I want to start. I want to ask you. If John Jones were to be able to fight Francis Ngannou, which seems pretty unlikely at this point, but if he were to fight Francis Ngannou, how would you line that fight? Who would you put in as a favorite? Um, that's a really good question. I'm like in the 100s territory for both. I would maybe have Jones just based on being a better all-around mixed martial artist. I think a better fight IQ, obviously experience. 
I might go Jones at like a minus 125, 130. And I would literally have Naganu at like one plus 110, something like that. that. It's just razor thin to me. I lean Jones. I think Naganu obviously has the power punching uh, advantage, the overall power advantage. Uh, Jones, if Jones can in an MMA fight out wrestle DC, I don't care how big Naganu is. I think Jones could get Naganu down to the ground. So that's where I lean Jones, but it's razor thin for me. How about you? You know, I, I think that that's probably the correct probabilistic odds. Like that's, that's how often I think John Jones wins and how often I think Francis Ngannou wins. I think if I was a bookmaker, I would make the lines a little wider because I think with the, the dominant way that John Jones beats surreal gain, they, they would, the public would probably come in pretty heavily on John Jones at negative 125. So you'd probably want to start a little higher in the like, you know, maybe negative 150, negative 160. Uh, and if they bet it down a little bit, no big deal. They bet it down with some big chalky odds. But yeah, no, I, I'm with you. Th- th- there's no way either of the sides of the lines hit 200 uh, on the plus or the minus. So uh, it, it would have been a great fight. Would have been a great fight. Uh, but it's going to wind up being just a fight in our minds, at least for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I still, I'll tell you, I don't want to get into it right now. You and I offline had a very big back and forth about how the UFC could make that fight happen. I think there's room to negotiate depending on what happens in Naganu's. I guess the rumor being if he ends up boxing, I assume he'll get washed. Maybe he's more open at that point. And I don't even think the UFC needs to lock him down long term. I think you could just do like a one-off fight because if Naganu comes back, faces Jones in what is now the one lone soul dream match in MMA, hearkening back to the days of pride versus UFC because it feels so unattainable and fleeting with Naganu being out of the UFC and Uncle Dana saying he'll never be back. But what's the difference? If he came back for one fight, one fight only, a la Brock Lesnar at UFC 200, and leaves with the belt, he just did that. We're in the same position we are now, but the UFC makes a big envelope from the fight and fans are happy. I don't know. That's just my thought. That all being said, um, you know, they're both the same age. Naganu's 36. Jones is 37. Jones obviously has more mileage on the body. The only place I see Naganu holding a huge advantage over Jones is just in the punching power department. Do you, can you think of one other MMA attribute that you say, you know, a list of pros and cons, checks and X's, where does Naganu hold an advantage over Jones other than power punching? No, I think that that's probably it. Um, and, and I know that some people have pointed to, you know, that, that he seems to have upgraded some of the things that he does in his most recent fight with Stipe Miocic. Um, you know, like we saw him implement a leg kick game. We saw him implement some wrestling against the real game. You know, like he, he's clearly evolving, which I think is another thing. But here's the other thing, too. You know, you mentioned the age. You mentioned the fact that he might be boxing now. Even if he were to come back, which, you know, as I said, you know, I think is pretty unlikely at this point. Even if he were to come back, like you, you would have to ask, like, has he been working his leg kicks? Has he, has he continued to improve those? Did he continue to improve his double leg takedown? Did he continue to improve his wrestling defense? Or was he just trying to figure out how the hell you punch Tyson Fury in the head when he's bobbing and weaving like he does? Uh, because that that's a whole different animal and a whole different thing he'd be preparing for, which... Uh, ultimately, I think detracts from this match a little bit. Yep, I'm with you completely. I never trust a guy, or I don't like betting on him at least, when he's got that one foot out the door mentality. 
But I'll tell you what mentality I love. It's our BDE that we bring to our favorite segment on the show, Fights, Dogs, Parlays, and we're breaking it down for UFC Las Vegas this weekend. We're going to break down a couple of fights we like, a dog to play, (laughs) and a parlay to play. So we're providing you with all the info you need to go make your bets. We're pretty good at what we do, Uh, you know. Hashtag humble brag, not humble at all. All right, Gumby, let's do it. Let's get into Fights, Dogs, and Parlays. But first, I have to ask, does anyone sponsor this edition of Fights, Dogs, and Parlays? Absolutely. Fights, Dogs, and Parlays brought to you by MyBookie. Your favorite athletes always strive to put themselves in a winning position, and it's time that you did too with MyBookie. MyBookie has the biggest online selection of odds and contests to fill all your sports betting needs anytime, anywhere. Bet on the best in combat sports like the UFC or play for a share of their big cash prizes in their weekly blackjack tournaments. Sign up at MyBookie and use promo code TOPTURTLE on a deposit of 500 bucks or more, and you can get a bonus of up to $200. Once again, that's promo code TOPTURTLE to claim a brand new deposit bonus designed for bettors looking to get that cash in and out quickly. Experience sports in a whole new light and make this season a winning one. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. All right. Let's start with the main event, as we are known to do, Piotr Jan. Uh, former champion, but he is coming off a two-fight losing streak. He lost to Aljamain Sterling, where he uh, coughed up his belt, um, or I guess I should say he coughed up what should have been his belt. Let's not get into the whole thing. Uh, and then uh, he lost to Sean O'Malley in a split decision, which I think he won, which I think most other people think he won. But as far as the record books are concerned, he's on a two-fight losing streak. Merib Davishvili has done nothing but win-win-win uh, since April of 2018 when he lost to Ricky Simon. He has reeled off an eight-fight win streak coming off a unanimous decision win over uh, Jose Aldo. Ever heard of him? You can get uh, Davishvili as a plus-225 dog. Piotr Jan, the minus-275 favorite. Who you got? I'm going to go with Piotr Jan here. You know, I, I, I saw you actually, you, you're the one who shared the graphic with me about all of the takedowns from Rob Devalishvili in his recent fights. And, and even going back as far as his loss to Ricky Simon And uh, here's he, the, problem. I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but the headline is he averages 15 takedown attempts per fight. Yeah. He averages 15 takedown attempts per fight. And in some of those fights only go two rounds, which of course, begs the question, how many is he being successful on? Which, is, spoiler alert, it's not a high percentage. And second of all, how much is, you know, how many times are people getting out from underneath him? Because his top control isn't actually all that good. You know, I rate Aljamain Sterling's top control infinitely better than Marab Devalishvili's. And now we got him fighting a guy in Piotr Jan who has got, you know, good clinch work in his own right. He's got powerful hands, great boxing. And, and, I mean, we saw in the Marab Devalishvili's previous fight, um, the one where he fought, uh, was it Marlon Vera? Uh, or not Marlon Vera, um, Marlon Marias. He, he, like, was stunned on the feet. He looked like he was going to lose that fight. And the only thing that, like, wound up winning that fight with Marlon Marias was Marias tired out. Uh, and the wrestling finally caught up with him. I don't think a guy who has gone five rounds like Piotr Jan has got that to worry about. I think his wrestling defense holds up. I think his boxing's way better than Marab's. I think he gets one against Aljo's teammate here. Yeah, I'm with you completely. I don't see enough uh, to pick Davishvili, despite some nice odds there at 2-1, to one, but uh, it's just something I would stay away from. 
Uh, I like where your head's at on that. Let's get to Battle of the Alexanders, probably the greatest Battle of Alexanders in UFC history. Alexander Romanov, a minus 165. Alexander Volkov, a plus 135. Let's talk about where these two fighters are coming from. Romanov, despite being the favorite, is coming off a loss. Majority decision loss to Marcin Tybura. He had actually not lost in the UFC before that. So total, he's 5-1 and one in the UFC. Volkov, on the other hand, is coming off a win. TKO over Jurizo Roizenstroik. Uh, very impressive, but he lost to Tom Aspinall before that. Beat Marcin Tabura before that. Lost to Cyril Gaon before that. So he's 2-2 two and two in his last four. Win one, lose one. Do you think this is going to be a loss to continue the trend? Again, Romanov minus 165, Volkov plus 135. Who you got? You know, I'm going to go with Romanov as a pick to win here. But here, here's what I'll say. This fight posted and was even money odds for pretty much the previous week. Pretty much since they were posted mid last week. They were negative 110, negative 110. Now I'm seeing the money come in big on Romanov. And while I'm picking Romanov to win... I think you're making a mistake if you're betting him at negative 165. I think that line is way too wide for him because let's face it, he has been tested by people who are less good than Alexander Volkov. But at the end of the day, I'm still picking him. And here's why Romanov has been having his toughest challenges against guys who can match his physicality and can match his grappling. You go back to the Juan Espino fight. Juan Espino, amazing guy at jujitsu, right? And he went in there with Romanov, and he went toe-to-toe with him for a while. Then you see him against Marcin Tybura. Again, big, thick guy who is able to go, you know, grappling for grappling with him up against the in the clinch and tire him out. You don't have that same thing here with Alexander Volkov. If you look at his fight with Curtis Blades, you look at his fight with Derek Lewis. Heck, you want to go back to his time when he was in uh, Bellator and he lost his Bellator title to Vidali Minikov? Minikov also just took his ass down and grounded pounded him into oblivion. I think he's going to run into that problem here. The same problem he ran into Tom Aspinall with. I, I think Romanov has got the right skills to beat Volkov. I'm with you. Nikita Krylov, a minus 165. Ryan Spann, a plus 145. Krylov uh, has been, you know, an interesting case since <laughs> debuting in the UFC. Once thought to be a potential future, t- future title challenger. Didn't really work out that way. He left the UFC uh, for about a year and a half, two years. Came back, though, in 2018. Uh, let's just talk about this second run in the UFC. Since coming back and losing via arm triangle choke to Jan Blankovic in September of 2018, total, this man is, um, he is four and four, so a perfect 500. And coming off two wins over Alexander Gustafsson via KO and Vulcan Ozdemir via unanimous decision back in October, a former title challenger, and now facing Ryan Spann, who also has had somewhat of an up-and-down career. He debuted on Contender Series back in 2018, reeled off five wins in a row before losing to Johnny Walker, saw another loss to Anthony Smith on his record, but he is on a two-fight win streak, coming off a KO win over Dominic Reyes, got a guillotine win over Ian Kutaleba, the fight before that, and now he finds himself as a plus-145 dog to Krylov, I like Span as a dog here. Krylov has let me down before on certain bets, but Krylov also peaking right now. 
Very interesting fight. Who you got? Yeah, and it is an interesting fight, and, you know, obviously the added extra wrinkle in all of this is the fact that these two were scheduled to fight a couple of weeks ago, and Krylov fell ill the night of the fight. The fight has to be canceled. It's no longer a main event. It's now, uh, you know, a third from the top fight on this card instead. And that, of course, begs the question, how healthy is Nikita Krylov? And, you know, I think you kind of alluded to it. Nikita Krylov is an erratic fighter. He is a fighter who doesn't give you the same version of himself every time. He's a really talented grappler, but he also is the type of grappler who's risky and makes mistakes. So in this fight against Ryan's fan, I'm worried about his making mistakes. I'm worried about the fact that Ryan's fan has an excellent guillotine. People sleep on how good this man's guillotine is. And I think there's a chance here that on the feet, he deals with some length that he's not used to dealing with and winds up shooting on Span and winds up giving up his neck. So I'm going to go with Ryan Span here. I will also say it is insane to play Nikita Krylov at negative money right now, coming off the health scare, which of course we still don't know what it is, but coming off the health scare and then tack on the fact that he's been as erratic as he has in his career. Yeah, it's Span all day here. Yeah, I like that pick. Uh, our dog of the week is Tyson Nam, plus 165 over Bruna Silva. Let's break that down. Yeah, I can't really understand why Tyson Nam is a dog in this one. This guy is coming off of just knocking Ode Osborne silly. Uh, that's what he did in his last fight. He knocked Ode Osborne silly, and he, here he is bouncing back against Bruno Silva. And, uh, you know, I, I don't see very much of Bruno Silva other than his wrestling game. You know, like I... I I don't see Bruno Silva going in there and, and knocking him out, although I guess he's got some knockouts on his record. I mean, he, he TKO'd J.P. Bays. But, like, you know, I, I just think that we're going to see a Tyson Nam that's faster than Bruno Silva, who's a little bit sharper than Bruno Silva, and, and is, uh, I mean, he's got incredible punching power. So give me the punching power at flyweight of Tyson Nam for uh, the plus money here. Boom. Uh, let's do our parlay to play. Saeed Nurmagomedov, a minus 250. Cedricus Dumas, a minus 190. Two favorites, one more than two to one, another one almost two to one. But pair them together, it gets you plus money at plus 114. Let's hear it. Yeah, so first of all, Cedric Nurmagomedov, again, this fight was a little bit closer when it originally posted because both him and Jonathan Martinez are on four-fight winning streaks. But all four-fight winning streaks are not created equal. And let me tell you something. Cedric Nurmagomedov has looked excellent as of late. I love what this kid is doing, both on the feet and, you know, with mixing the occasional wrestling in. Because, you know, you see the name Nurmagomedov, you automatically assume this dude can wrestle. It ain't all wrestling here, but we did see him knock out Mark Strigel on the feet. We saw him guillotine Cody Stamen in less than a minute. And then last fight, against a very game side of Krokromanov, he, he submitted him with a ninja choke. So... Look, this is a guy who's got a lot of different wrinkles to his game, but he's fighting a guy in Jonathan Martinez who, you know, I don't want to say he's one-dimensional, but he's got one elite dimension, and that's his striking. And I think that Sadner Megamedov will match him there, and he's got more to his game too. So I'm going to take Sadner Megamedov here, and I'm also going to take Cedricus Dumas because Josh Fremd has looked like the kind of guy who needs to make this fight a dogfight, needs to make this fight a grappling match in order to win. And Dumas is so hard to do that against because he's so long for a middleweight. He's an incredibly long middleweight. And I think in addition to that, we saw on Contender Series, he's got sneaky submission skills. So no matter where Frem brings this fight, I think he's going to run into trouble. And if it stays on the feet, I think he's going to run into a lot of trouble. So we're going to pair those two big favorites together and get some plus money. 
Love it. All right. That wraps up this edition of Fights, Dogs, and Parlays. Hey, we want to hear from you later this week. Let us know if we did you right. Let us know if we did you dirty with some of these picks. But we usually hit, so, you know, I'm I'm pretty confident in it. But, you know, let us know. We're accepting both love and hate feedback. Gumby, we're having a party here. Let's keep the party going. Where do we go next? Well, we're going to transition now to my interview with the aforementioned Cedricus Dumas, who talks about just how mad he is that Abu Aziatar has dropped out of this fight. He does have that replacement in Josh Fremd, as we spoke about just a second ago. But he will be talking about how all of that went down and what he plans to do on it with a performance bonus that he's sure he's getting. But before we get to any of that great content for you, I do have to let you know that this interview with Cedricus Dumas is brought to you by Maroon Social. M-A-R-U-N-E. Maroon Social is the one and only social media app for the martial arts enthusiast. Whether you do kickboxing, judo, sambo, jiu-jitsu, or any other martial art, you can use Maroon Social to log your training sessions, tag your training partners, log competitions, weigh-ins, and so much more. Ditch that dirty jiu-jitsu journal and get yourself Maroon Social wherever it is you download apps. Maroon Social brings you this interview with Cedricus Dumas. All right, and joining me now is Cedricus Dumas, who fights Josh Fremd at UFC Vegas 71. That fight is on March 11th. So, Cedricus, I wanted to start here. You know, when you were on the Contender Series, they offer you the contract, and I'm going to be honest with you, you almost seem more excited when you were in the cage than you did getting the contract. Is that about how you felt in there? Man, no, not really, man. Like, when I step in the cage, I get more excited because, like, hey, man, we got to fight. We about to have fun, you feel me? Like we about to go out and show off. But like, I, I like I tell people, man. Like I love them in UFC, but man, I love to fight, man. You know, win, lose, or draw, bro. I just love to fight. And when you bang out with me, bro, you won't bang out. We gonna rock out. I like that. So, so you know, the fact that you were calm when they offered you the contract, the fact that you know you didn't seem to be like you know losing your shit in there. Was that a little bit because just because you knew the performance was good enough, the contract was coming for sure? Not necessarily. I already knew I was going to get the contract, but more so it was like, bro, like this is just like a another day. You feel me? Like, you feel me? Now I'm just moving up to the big league. You feel me? Like, it was more so, hey, you know, I got the contract. Thank you. You know, better opportunities. I'm in the UFC now. But man, I'm just a fighter, bro. Like you, you feel me? You see these boxers and all these kickboxers and stuff. You know, talk about like they just love to fight. It ain't just it ain't just about the money. You feel me? I just love to fight. And out of curiosity, how, how long has that been true about you? Because I know you know on the Contender Series on the broadcast they were telling stories about you, you know, fighting on the streets and stuff like that. How how long has that been something that you loved? Um, bro, really, it ain't nothing I love. It's just something I just had to grow attached to. You feel me? Like. It wasn't nothing I said, oh, yeah, I want to wake up fighting. It just happens and, like, where I was growing up at and stuff like that. You know, it was fight or flight. So it's either you're going to give up and let somebody kill you or you're going to keep fighting. You feel me? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Now, I, I got to ask, too, because, you know, on the regional scene, you, you are a knockout artist. You're a guy who puts people away in, in damn near seconds just about every single time you fight. But we get to see in the contender series, we get to see a different side of you. We saw that nasty submission, that nasty guillotine in there. Were you a little bit disappointed that you didn't get to put the flash knockout on there? One of those highlight clips? Or, or do you just like, you know, whatever it is, it comes? Nah, bro. My main thing is, is I'm trying to have the most finishes in the UFC. You feel me? So even if it is submissions, knockouts, that's what I'm trying to be. You feel me? Like, I'm just trying to have the, the longest, you know, active like finish right 
I like that. Is that is that again something you've always aspired to? That like getting the guy out of there is a bigger priority sometimes even than just winning. No, my biggest thing is breaking the man down so he can't be broken down no more. I dig that. I dig that. Now I, I want to ask you too because we're gonna get talking about this fight with Fremd and and obviously the the change of opponents and all that. But before we do, I, I usually like to ask fighters about where their nickname comes from. You you know you. I know back in the day you went by the Slim Reaper for a little while. Now you're the Reaper. No, no, I never went. I never went by the Slim Reaper. Everybody just, I guess, just said that after the Contender Series fight. Okay. Um, okay. My, I basically my name, like the Reaper, basically came from like I used to chill in the graveyard with my homies and shit. Doc. So it was more so like, hey, I'm still with the homies, but I'm chilling the graveyard. You feel me? So that's kind of like what it mostly was. I like like. Just that's, that's, that's how it works. You feel me? Like it gave me that drive, that thrill, and like how I am, like as a person and stuff. Like it it, it fits me. You feel me? Plus all the shit I had to go through. Yeah, and 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 a lot of that too. You know, obviously the shit you've had to go through, and like they talked about, we don't have to get into the nitty gritty of all of it. But like, how does it feel now to be having gone through the gauntlet of all of you know life's troubles and? gone through the regional scene like so many people do. What does it mean to you now to be this close to your UFC debut? Shit, man, that damn 50K going to be in my pocket soon. That's what I'm waiting on. Shoot, 50K and then more, more, more people to fight. Like, bro, I'm trying to do like, you said, I'm trying to move up the ladder, I'm trying to get these finishes, I'm trying to get these wins, bro. Like, I'm not I'm not here to play with nobody. Like, period. No grown man, no, no promoter, no clout chasers, none of that. Like I'm just here to handle business. It, it, I gotta ask, so you, you're already thinking about the 50k. You're you're a big finish guy. You got plans for it already? You know what you're doing with that 50k? Oh yeah, bro. I already know what I'm doing, bro. I'm investing my dispensary, and you know the rest of it. I'm gonna keep hitting from everybody because I can't tell everybody my secret. But the main thing is get my weed dispensary in Florida. Hell yeah, I like that. I like that. Investing in yourself. That's that's very cool. Yeah, man. People invest in dumbass shit. Louis Vuitton, Amiri strippers like bro fuck all that bro Push is the same thing all them clothes gonna do the same thing shrink up once you put them bitches in the washer so guess what i want long money i want long and longevity money i don't want no fucking fast short time money awesome love love to hear that out of a fighter with a head on his shoulders now l- let's talk about this fight coming up because as of a week ago you were supposed to fight abu aziatar a guy who is largely known to go in there and throw hands with people and, and to get into a war and, you know, kind of the kill-or-be-killed mentality. Now you're in there fighting with a guy, Abu Aziatar, your original opponent. No, Abu's a fucking bitch. Abu never had a killer mentality. Abu been a pussy ever since he signed the contract. And if Abu ever stuck to me again, I'm going to break his fucking jaw. And you can tell him that. You can tag him in that. You can tell his punk-ass coach that. You can tell his whole team. I don't care because you're a bitch for backing out two weeks before it's time to fight. And, and did you so so it sounds like you've got some bad blood there and you're you're pretty mad about him oh, dropping no, out of the no, fight. No, no, no. I'm more mad that you're more of a bitch to bag out of a fight because either two things you can make the weight or you 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 was popping steroids still. That's it. You could just call the people and say, "Yo, can we shoot up at 195 or some shit?" I would have made you at 95 or 200. I don't respect the man like that, bro. Because I, I if I called out a fight when I had a Sears injury, not no. Oh, I couldn't make weight or some shit. No, bro. If I couldn't make weight, guess what I do? I call the people and say, hey, yo, bro, 
can we go up to this way and we fight as a as a fighter and all that and stuff, bro, bro. I I, I respect people and I respect everybody's decision when they make nice, but if you know it's almost about two weeks to the time to fight, bro, like we have four months to prepare for this fight, bro. You feel me? Like, come on now. Like you if, if you knew you wasn't gonna fight, you should never sign a contract. Absolutely. So I, I gotta ask that too. So no respect for Aziatar for, for dropping out of the fight. How do you feel about Josh Fremd agreeing to step in, save this fight for you, get you a chance? You know, like what what are your thoughts on him stepping up big for you? Oh, um, Josh Fremd, friend, friend, I don't even know. I keep saying friend. I keep calling his ass friend. <laughs> um, I respect him, bro. You know, don't get me wrong. I respect him for taking up the fight, but bro, it's the same thing. I'm going to smash him too. And- I, I have not, I have not changed my mentality from the contender fight. And, and I like that contender mentality being there, but I got to ask too. Was there any big change in training? Because they're obviously very different styled opponents, right? One's five foot nine, one's six foot four. Like, did you have to bring in new training partners, change anything, or is it just on autopilot at this point? No, we ain't bringing nothing. You bring in new people, that means you you're not preparing for a fight. You're in a you're in a fight camp. You're in class. You're trying to learn. I'm going to prepare with the same people doing my same stuff. Cause guess what? At the end of the day. At the end of the day, you get punched in your mouth, everything changes. You feel me? Absolutely. So, you know, I usually like to end these things with a prediction. You, you've made it pretty clear what you think is going to happen, but but make it official for us. How, how do you see this one ending on March 11th? Mm, I really don't. I just tell people like this. I'm going to smash him, and that's it. That's just how it's going to go. I'm, I'm going to smash every one of my opponents. No disrespect, but I got to get you out the way. That's just how I go. That's how it's going to always stay. I don't tell what I'm going to do to somebody. I don't tell them I'm going to knock you out. I'm going to tell them this. I'm just going to let you know I'm going to break your fucking jaw. And it doesn't matter. If I physically do it, mentally, guess what? I still got that dub. I ain't tripping about it. All right. Well, you heard it here first, folks. This has been Cedricus Dumas, who fights Josh Fremd at UFC Vegas 71. That fight, once again, March 11th. Cedricus, thank you so much for the time, man. I really appreciate it. Hey, man. Thank you, man. Thank you. And that's going to do it for another episode of the Top Turtle MMA Podcast. We want to thank you, the fans, for tuning in each and every week. We would not have a show without you guys. We also want to thank our sponsors, Maroon Social, Picket, and MyBookie. And remember, you can check us out on social media, at Top Turtle MMA, on both Twitter and Instagram. And until next week, I'm Daniel Gooby-Freeland, he's Shockwave Dave Tremonte, and we will catch you then.